Good morning. Honestly, uh, it's not a slide, but uh, happy Memorial Day. I mean, I want to get that first foremost straight. A lot of churches, like, they're afraid to talk about, like, you know, like politics and like country because we're not supposed to like worship our country, right? But like we're supposed to worship Jesus, absolutely. But like Jesus gave us like the best country, so it's like why not, you know? So um, happy Memorial Day. If anyone, if, if you guys, you know, anyone out there, anyone listening, thank you uh, for the sacrifice. Thank you, you know, I know we, we got to deal with it. So it's, it's, it's a tough thing, but um, it's always good to remember it. So, and, and while we're at it, just thank all the veterans and all those, all those people, you know, it's, it's always a good time. Um, I'm going to pray uh, for that. And then I'm going to pray for today. God, thank you um, for this, this holiday tomorrow, God, that uh, we just remember what it's about. Just remember that, um, the, the ability to do what we're doing right now is not free, and uh, it is not present everywhere. So I pray that we always uh, we remember that, we don't take it for granted, and we, uh, we thank somebody, but we praise you for it, God. Um, I just think that, uh, that we have that opportunity, and we have opportunities to help um, individuals who don't have that freedom, God. I pray for all these things in your name. Amen. Um, happy Sunday. I'm going to... Morning, you. Ooh, it's a coming. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, we're going to be going through Hosea. And uh, if you looked at our, our little title today, it's When God Calls. Uh, so, we're going to be looking at Hosea 12. We're just continuing through the book. And I think this is fit. God's got a sixth sense of humor, man. He really does. And, and if you don't believe it, I hope you believe it today because. Uh, I, I just want to start off. This is a jam-packed. The book of Hosea is crazy. Scott is c- crazy for 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 you know. Wh- um, one of the reasons why a lot of churches. I'm gonna op- open the veil right uh, a little bit. One of the reasons why churches jump around a lot is because it's easier. And because we and I'm throwing us in here now because I'm not usually up here is we forget. What was our last sermon series? Does anyone remember? Exactly. So like when we talk about things in the Bible that happened in Genesis, a book that we talked about in detail 11 years ago, (laughs) you know, it's kind of hard for us to be like, oh yeah, that's right. We talked about that, right? Or yeah, I read that 40 years ago. I read that 10 months ago, right? So uh, there's a lot of stuff in here that we're going to be seeing that Scott's been talking about that is simply confusing. It's saying, hey, remember the story of this guy? And we're like, yeah, you know, oh, well, because of this guy, this is still, this is going on. So this, this passage, it's got a lot of that. So if you're a little confused, I suggest take the week, take a day, take some time and look at it. Oh, who's Jacob? I don't know. I'm going to look at it, right? It was nice to get a little review, a little, uh, a little reminder, but I have to look at that story to understand this story, okay? So that's my disclaimer, the warning, the title screen, whatever have you, that uh, you might get confused, but it's okay. We're going to go through this together, baby birds, okay? So you ready? Hosea 12, verse 1. Uh, Ephraim feeds on the wind and pursues the east wind all the day long. Remember? Scary. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, they will multiply falsehood and violence. Who are they now? We're getting an idea multiply falsehood, is that a good thing? Okay, and violence, good thing? 
Okay. Uh, they make a covenant with Assyria. Let's pretend like we have no idea who Assyria is, right? Uh, and we have no idea what's going on here. Uh, do we want to make a covenant with God or Assyria? God. G great, you did it. Let's keep going, right? And oil is carried to Egypt. The Lord has an indictment against Judah and will punish Jacob, names who are these people? Doesn't matter. Let's stay focused according to his ways. Oh, I'm starting to get it. I don't need to know who Judah is or where, what, I don't know, right? I don't need to know what Jacob is, who, what, any of that stuff. According to his ways. Oh, I'm starting to get it now, right? They did something. He, they, I, I don't know, did something and God's got a problem with it. That's verse two, the first half. Second half, he will repay him according to his deeds. Maybe better? What? See, the problem that we have, folks, is, is a lot of times, and, and the, the Bible sets us up for this a lot of the times because of how we view things, right? We look at it very black and white. Assyrians are bad. God is good. So if you have a covenant with these people, that's bad. You should have a covenant, right? And we look at this one verse and we see two great, greatly important things. I'm going to reread this. I want each and every one of you to hold on to one word, two words, three words, a phrase, an idea, concept, okay? So hold on to something in your brain an idea, anything that comes to your head. The Lord has an addictment against Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways. He will repay him according to his deeds. What you are holding on to says a world about what you think about God. Let me explain, right? If, if, if you hold on to punishment, how are you going to view God that he's sitting up there punishing? How are you going to view your life that that is the most important statement in that, in that verse, that important word? You can hold on to Lord. You can hold on to people's names. You can hold on to deeds. Oh, I know what I'm supposed to say, right? Deeds is, is, is oh, that's probably the good one. That's the right answer, right? Sure, right? But what kind of problems come on to when we focus only on deeds, on what we are doing? Not so black and white, huh? What if your life, what if all of, all of what we do is about us? And at the end of the day, God is just supporting or fighting our deeds. We are the main character. Our decisions matter. God is simply there to bless it or curse it, to reward it or, or, or to punish it. Changes everything. That one singular verse can change your entire life. So what's the right answer? There is none, folks. Jesus, Lord, somewhere in the middle. We say, hey, I messed up, and yeah, that's punishment. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, I've done some things, and I've hurt some people. But I'm not going to focus on that. And just like that, I've done some great things. People do great things. It's pretty amazing.
amazing, right? That, that, oh, wow, you did this. You served this community. You went, you went to Mexico. You paid for this. You did this. You gave this much money, this much time, this much effort. You did this, that, the other thing. If that's all you focus about, how great you are, we don't have that problem. People thinking too highly of themselves. Thank you for laughing, by the way. I don't, right? Right? Let's, let's keep going. In, in the womb, he took, so we're talking, we're going back. We're talking about like Judah, Jacob. I'm not sure. We're talking about Jacob, by the way. I don't want to confuse it. Sorry. Uh, in the womb, he took his brother by the heel. Hmm. I wonder if that was a cool story we could read about, right? And in his manhood, so from birth all the way to manhood, right? He strove with God. He fought with him. He strove with the angel and prevailed. That sounds interesting, huh? A fight with an angel? Too bad we can't read about it. We did. Look it up, right? Uh, he wept. He wept and sought his favor. He met God at Bethel, and there God spoke with us. There's an amazing story about this man who's been given a terrible name. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to make fun of you. If your name's like, if your name's Jacob, but but that's, uh, or yeah, Jacob. It means it meant something back then, not so great, right? The Bible describes it as deceiver. If you look it up, it's someone who like If you're looking up, not in the Hebrew, but other words in the, in Latin or the other you know forms or whatever, uh, it, it's someone who fights, who persuades, but in a very like serpent in the garden way, a very like twisted mentality. You have this person fight with God and something happens. He prevails. And, 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 and this is a little like one-off bonus if you don't know what I'm talking about. If, if, if you want like context about why I personally believe that it wasn't, he didn't fight with Jesus, he fought with an angel, it's this one, right? Because he's talking about, oh, he, he, he strove with an angel and prevailed. Uh, he ain't prevailing against God. Remember, he strove with God. Nothing there. He didn't say one against God, right? Uh, he strove with an angel and prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He fought so violently, so difficultly. Everything he had, he, he, was, tor he was torn apart, cried, and met with God at Bethel. And there God spoke with us. The Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord is his uh, memorable name. So you, by the help of our, our God, return, hold fast to love and, uh, love and justice and wait continually for God. This is a fight. Um, this is a fight, but I don't want us to forget something. When we fight, and especially when we fight with God, we have to understand that we have to fight in the right way. Right when we're Christians, we are Christians, but you know, since we're a church, Christians, any a body of Christ, when we fight with each other, Christians out there, Christians across the board, anywhere, we have to remember that we have to do it in the right way. This verse, remember, is reliant on the verses before. So when it's saying, "Hey, God punishes those who are violent." And now they're saying, oh, fighting with God is good. Those statements are both true, right? 
So we're not to actually fight, actually brawl, actually hate church across the street, that church over there, the churches over there that stole somebody or whatever. Doesn't matter. We're supposed to love them. Can we have disagreements? Absolutely. That's why there's 18 million first churches in Pleasanton, right? Uh, I thought there was only one. Nope, there's a lot because they all believe different things, right? And that's why if someone walks in the door and wants to talk to a pastor and says, hey, can I go to your church? And, yeah, sure. Well, I don't, I, I have a trouble with like, I don't know, what, baby baptism. Like that, I, I got to baptize babies. Great, come, I sure, you know, like, how do you feel about Jesus? That, okay, can we, let's, let's talk about Jesus, right? Like, uh, oh, I really want to go to your church, but like, got to go to a church on Saturdays, you know, like that's my, I just got to do, it's the way to do it, you know, and your communion is not real wine. You know what I love about Rock Bible? That second C, I love a lot of things, but that second C, casual, that encompasses a lot of stuff. And casual encompasses not worrying that some, someone across the aisle from you doesn't believe the exact same thing as you. When we fight, we have to fight about the important, vital things. Not only that, we have to do it in the right way, right? When you fight, it shows your identity. Jacob, the deceiver, got a new name. And whoever you are, spoiler alert if you haven't read the story, right? But, but whoever you are, whatever you've done, you're known as the person from birth who did this thing. In one experience, God changes you entirely. A new identity, a new name, all because you fought all because you struggled. You didn't give up and say, wow, this is an angel. I can't do this. Wow, this is a job, a move. <sighs> right? Oh, wow, this is that, that, this thing, that thing, or the other. I can't do that. Fight. Do something that you have never, ever done before and cannot do and see what God does. When the whole world is saying you think the Bay Area is too cold, you're moving to where? You say it does not matter. God called me, right? Did you? I was too sly. It went over your head. Okay, I'll I'll keep working it on you. Verse seven: uh, A merchant in those hands. So this is kind of the reverse in a lot of ways. A merchant in whose hands are false balances. He loves to oppress. Uh, so this is back in the day. Think about like an old school marketplace uh, where they didn't have like cash or like a credit card. You know, what they did is they weighed things. So it's you weigh gold, you weigh silver, whatever you're trying to buy, right? And that's how, and, and those coins, if you think about like the old school, like Roman coins even, um, they're not like perfect. You know what I mean? So even one coin was worth different stuff than another coin. It was close, but a lot of the times what they do is they weighed it. And what a good merchant would do is they have a balanced scale. And they say, this is, this is a pound, because we're American, right? And this is a pound, and you owe me a pound of silver. And what? guess what? This isn't actually a pound. This is a pound and a quarter. But you won't know, right? And, and so, so what you're paying for, does this make sense? You're paying for more 
than what you think you're paying for. So these are the people who are lying, who are cheating, who are stealing, right? They're using false balances. It's, it's really oppression. Ephraim said, ah, but I am rich. Uh, I have found wealth for myself in all my labors. They cannot find me in iniquity or sin. I'm well off. I'm good. Look around, right? <laughs> that, oh, look at all this stuff I got. How did he get it? See, so much of the time we sit here and we look at the end product and we say, wow, you are successful. And what does that mean? You think success is results. We all do. I think it too, that, that you made it in life. You have a good 401k, that you have a house. Uh, it doesn't really matter if gas at Costco is $7 now, right? It doesn't matter because you're, you're successful. And we look at that great. What's God looking at? We look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. How did you get there? How did you become successful? Is it lying, cheating, stealing, right? And we say, oh, God's blessing me, like this guy. God's blessing me because I am rich. Is he now? That's interesting. Verse 9, I am the Lord God from the land of Egypt. I will again make you dwell in tents as in the days of the appointed feasts. Man, is that another loaded statement. That's a whole book of the Bible, folks. People living in Egypt, slaves, being called out of Egypt by God, are now called or told that, hey, I'll send you back to Egypt. If you're not like, you're not getting it, right? Slaves who God called out of Egypt to be his people, he's now saying, I'll send you back to Egypt. Intense. You like your temple? You like all this gold? You like your kingdom? <sighs> you better enjoy sand and making pyramids, right? It's, it's a great life. You're going to love it, right? They didn't like it, right? Uh, verse 10, I spoke to the prophets. It was as who multiplied visions and through the prophets gave parables. If there is iniquity in Gilead, they shall surely come to nothing. In Gilead, they sacrifice bulls. Their altars also are like stone heaps on the furrows of the fields. Jacob fled to the land of Aram. There Israel served for, a, uh, served for a wife, and for a wife he guarded sheep. But that's a whole nother story, right? By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel up from Egypt, and by a prophet he was guarded. Ephraim uh, has given bitter provocation to his Lord with, uh, with will leave his blood guilt on him, and will repay him for his disgraceful deeds. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. So I got, um, I got a couple films for you guys today. Um, and, and throughout this, um, I don't know if you caught on, but God is calling. God is calling for change. God is calling for so much, right? And, and first that I picked out, God is, God is calling us to return, 
verse 6, and uh, it goes through verse 9. It says this, So you, by the help of your God, return, hold fast to the love of justice, and wait continually for your God. I am the Lord your God from the land of Egypt. I will again make you dwell in the tents as the days of appointed feasts. Uh, Exodus, going all the way back to Exodus 22, 22 uh, I am the Lord, and this is what it says, the, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, right? God is calling us to return. Return to what? Is it a place? Uh, absolutely, sure. It certainly can be. I would encourage every single person to at some point in their life return to the actual physical place that you gave your life to the Lord. If you don't remember, if you're too young, if you, if you can't or whatever, it's gone somehow, a different country, it's just impossible. Return to the actual physical place that, that something monumental happened in your life. That God finally got a hold of you. That God finally changed your life. You know, you gave your life to Christ a while ago, or maybe that was the first time you heard about him. But, but at that moment, at that physical place, return. Why would you do that? Why would the people ever want to go back to Egypt in a good way? <laughs> wow. We were there. Why do you have photographs? Why does Megan take thousands of photographs every time, right? And then at the, at, at the start of every project that we do at church, I'm like, we got to take photographs, and I take one, and that's it, right? <laughs> and, and to look back, do you remember what this building looked like 10 years ago? Because I don't. Do you remember what it looked like five years ago? Do you remember what the outside, what the clubhouse, do you remember what the fellowship looked like two years ago, people? Floor everywhere and not down. Like it was just everywhere. <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, why would we ever want to remember that? Why would you ever want to remember that you were a slave? Why would you ever want to remember how you gave up alcohol or whatever? What are you returning to? It's not so much the place, it's the person. Return to God. Places do not matter. They absolutely do. Uh, that's why I show up here and not there or there, you know what I mean? Why? Think about this. Sacred ground. Remember this story? Sacred ground. Take off your sandals. You're on sacred ground. Why? This is a really cool bush and this dirt is awesome. There's a mountain and there's clouds and one dude is brave enough to go up it. Different story. I know you're like, what is going on, right? And he's getting the Ten Commandments. Why is that one mountain special? Why is the temple special? Why is it so expensive? It does not matter what it's made out of. It does not matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter any of this stuff. Once again, why I like Rock Bible. We don't spend money on stuff too much. We try to invest it in people, right? Why? God is there. It's not a cool bush. It's a cool God. It's not a cool mountain and a cool clouds that are just like, it's not this weird weather thing. 
God is there. Return physically to the place you gave yourself to Christ, but realize that place ain't special. I About five years ago, I went to, I don't know, five, six years ago, I was over in San Ramon, and I grew up in San Ramon, so I went to uh, St. Philip growing up, this elementary school. Uh, it's by 7-Eleven. That's all you need to know, right? Because that's everyone there. And, um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to drive by. I'm going to go through the park. They got this little loop. I'm just going to go through the parking lot. I'm not going to stop because that's weird. Like, I'm, hey, uh, you know, <laughs> you know. So you drive, you drive through and I drove and I was like, this place is tiny. Like, it's everything is so small. I was like, I remember walking a mile from that class to this class. And it's like right there and right there, right? The place wasn't special, but it got me thinking. I went to, um, uh, gosh, man, I, I want to say one of the first years that I was here, we were looking at summer, summer camp places, and I went to um, Silver Spur. If you've never been to Silver Spur, congrats, right? You didn't miss much. Um, why did I go there? I gave my life to Christ there, right? I went there and I saw how terrible it was, exactly how I remembered it. The bunks are terrible. The rooms are terrible. It's dirty. It's awful. I adore that place because I can walk to the spot where I gave my life to Christ. I could say I was standing right here or right here, like within a two. This is the most important spot in my life. Why? Because God was there. So that could be the same for you. I don't know. Maybe you like the bush. I don't know. So let's keep going. God calls us to return. God calls us to better. Man, I hate Brent for making this a point because I got to talk about it. Every single time someone leaves, you know what I say? God wants better. Period. I said it with Giuseppe. Giuseppe leaves, said in front of him, because I'm not afraid, and he gets it said, God wants better for Giuseppe. God wants better for Rock Bible. Say it in front of him, because I know he knows he gets it. Ricky leaves. A lot of people, what's up with this, right? Goes to Africa, like, <laughs> it's 4th of July, do we even do it? No, like, why? God wants better. God wants better for Ricky. We can't do what God wants to do in Ricky's life here. Because places do not matter. Remember, places do not matter. It's the people who are there, the, the, the person who is there. God wants better for Rock Bible. I stepped down and I stepped down in student ministry and everyone's like, oh, are you going to be okay serving? And Megan's going to be, yeah. You want to know why? Better. Not different, not lesser, better for everybody. How dare I say that we want better than Bryce Turner? How dare I say that Bryce Turner is going to find better than the Bay Area? Oh, and rock bottom. But, like, you know, like, how dare I? 
Folks, I could tell you all the experience I have. I could tell you all the times that I don't know and all the things I don't know and it would scare you and how I honestly have no idea what's happening with worship. And all I know is like people are stepping up until we find somebody. But and the second thing, it's better. How dare I? Why do I say that? I could try to convince you and try to tell you all the reasons why, how we could tell, oh, we could find somebody who's this and that and the other thing and Bryce is going to go over there and he's going to be, it's going to be great. Oh yeah. You want to know why it's better? Because God wills it, period. God said it's going to happen. It's a happening. I'm not mad at you, by the way. Gosh, man, it's just like... Why I'm not mad, I'm sad, because I know it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh gosh, you know, you take your kids to college. Bryce is my kid in the story, right? So you take them to college and you, oh gosh, you know, you're not mad they're going to college. You're like, gosh, that's so good. You know? We're talking, I'm not, <laughs> uh, I'm not a talker, right? So sometimes Ashley like talks to me and she doesn't realize that like, I'm like, you know, like in a different world. And, and, and I'm sitting there thinking about this morning and Ashley just says these words. She's like, what if the next person isn't our best friends? I'm sitting there and I'm like, <sighs> probably won't be. Probably won't like their songs. <laughs> Just, I'm warning you, you're not, you're going to email me and say, I don't like the new music. Can we do whole heart, you know? And, uh, we're not going to like it. And I'm not going to get along with them at first. And it's going to be hard. And, and they're, they're not going to share my absolute adoration for in and out But we're going to be okay. Why? It's going to be better. And they'd have no idea what they're doing and they have no idea that all this stuff is happening, right? Because it does. Better. Have the audacity, the faith, the wisdom when you step on the ledge and say, I have no idea, take a step. God calls it, take a step. Whatever it is, whatever it may be, no matter how crazy it sounds, take a step. And I'm going to make this real so that you're not shocked. You will hurt people. People will be impacted. They won't understand. They will get mad at you. They will not take it out on God. They will not pray. They will not say, why, God, are you doing this? Give me the wisdom. Give me peace. They will not do that because we don't understand. They say, really, I don't want better. I want same. I don't want better. I want safe. That's what it's all about, folks. God calls us to return. God calls us to better. Lastly, and this is the most important thing, and dear Lord, do we miss this one so often. God calls us 
to answer. It's so bizarre how many people who hear from God daily are just waiting on God to call. (laughs) It's so bizarre how so many people meet daily, read daily, pray daily. We know. We know the step. God's saying, don't worry about 10 years because I gave you the next step. Why am I going to tell you 10 years from now if you're not doing the next step? Do the next step. What's at the end of the ledge? I can't see. Is this rope thing? I got to do this. I got to do safety. Just step. Do the thing. You're there. I gave you the job offer. I told you to move there. You have opportunities. Uh, Your boss is All the things are lining up. And we're so stuck on step five, six, seven. And God is calling us to step one. That's it. That's all we got to worry about. It's this. Winter camp. 5, 10, 20 years ago, I don't know, we had this speaker and he brought this giant ladder up on stage and it was super cool and he's like, this is, uh, this is your, your, your journey with Christ and Christ is all the way up there and, and everything is one giant step. The hardest step, the most scary step, the first one. You guys don't have to worry about this, but I'm some kind of like person, you know, and I'm getting on this ladder and it's scary. Is he going to, am I going to fall? They're going to make fun of me. You know, if I fall, they're going to make fun. They're not, no one's checking if I'm alive. They're going to make fun, you know. It's the same way with God. Same way. I have to do crazy. God has called me to insane No one's going to understand. I don't get it. But I have to take the first step. (sighs) This is why Bryce is leaving. (laughs) If I could sum it up. I'm going to pray. Band's going to come up. Uh, Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you um, for calls. Thank you that you called us. Thank you for, for calling so many people to do so great things, God. If, if, if you didn't call Jacob, we wouldn't be here. If you didn't call Scott, we wouldn't be here. If you didn't call our moms, our dads, our grandparents, our great-great-grandparents, all the people, if you didn't call all those people, we would not be here. And in the same manner, if those people didn't answer, we wouldn't be here, God. I thank you so much for, for the opportunity, all the things, God, that, that we take for granted, um, just like Memorial's Day, just like worship leaders, just like all those, th- our jobs, our kids, all those things, God. Pray that we give all that stuff to you. We dedicate it to you, God. In a very same way, God, I pray for this time of offering, God, that we dedicate it to you, that if there's guests if there's, there's new, new people here today, God, that they feel no obligation to give, God, but they simply acknowledge what we do as a church family, God. Give this time to you. Amen.